When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on the driver who treats the highway like a racetrack and the shoulder like a passing lane. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California, subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates North Park, Illinois. What's up? We are back with another episode of Dice It Up. This is going to air Tuesday, the second day of women's college basketball starting. And who better to have on than the Debbie Antonelli, friend of the program, friend of Spread the Floor, she gave out our spread the floor listeners aces back in the very beginning of the season. She doubled down in the finals, uh, helped me make a lot of money. And she's one of the, the best play callers in the game. Uh, I'm surrounded by two amazing play callers right now. So, uh, Debbie, welcome on to Dice It Up. We've been wanting to get you on for a while. So, very excited to have you here. Well, thank you so much for inviting me. I can't think of a better time to be on with you guys than right now with all the excitement around the season. And I'm just as excited as I was 35 years ago when I got started calling games. So I'm, I'm ready to go. Love it. And for people who don't know, Debbie played at NC State. We can talk about NC State a little bit because they're, they're an interesting team to me. I think they might be a little overranked. Um, <laughs> I mean, I know you'd not only keep up with them, but a lot of people. Uh, and then, yes, like everybody said, she's been calling games for so long and also like does a lot of work with uh, philanthropy. I kind of want to start there. Um, I know I donated for the free throw challenge uh, with Special Olympics. How many free throws did you end up making? Well, first of all, that is a great place to start with me, because if you're going to know anything about me, you, you really do need to understand something about my background. And that is that. My husband and I have been married for 30 years. We have three boys. Um, all of them are in some how or some shape or form underneath the Antonelli scholarship plan still. Uh, but my middle son, um, Frankie, has Down syndrome, and he is a full-time graduate of Clemson Life and their program that they have for students with intellectual disability. And he had a full college experience. 
He was a Special Olympic athlete, still is, and a very good athlete. And Special Olympics is really important to me and our family. So I created 24 Hours, Nothing But Net. Uh, and I appreciate your donation and your support. In four years, we have raised over $635,000 for Special Olympics. I never thought I'd get to point something million, but now I see one million in sight. And um, I'm working every day to stay in shape. Uh, I do get AARP mail, and so it's a daunting challenge to make 100 free throws on the top of every hour for 24 straight hours, but I'm conditioned in fitness to do that, and um, uh, my four-year average from the free throw line is 93%, so I think I'm doing okay so far. Uh, that's definitely better than I think at my peak of life. Uh <laughs> A lot of people don't do much at 93%. Uh, though that's that's so impressive, Debbie. Um, let me ask you this. For those who want to get in and want to find a way to support Special Olympics, those that play with disabilities, uh, what's the easiest way that we can do that? I feel like this is not a conversation that we have enough. And so if you just want to support and you want to get active, you want to invest, how can you do that? Where do you start? Yeah, thank you for bringing that up because there are lots of populations that need a little more and, and are underrepresented. And, um, you know, I'm trying to empower this community because it's mattered so much to our family. Uh, but you can donate to 24hoursnbn.com. And if you gave me a penny for every free throw I make, it's just $24. It will go directly to help the athletes train and organize and compete. But if you are not... Um, if you don't want to make a donation and you want to get involved, just go to your local rec department and ask them where Special Olympics is. And you can get involved and you can volunteer and you can donate your time and you can help significantly help uh, train and help an athlete get organized. And there's a big socialization to it as well that um, people with intellectual disability do need friends. And it's important to, to do it. And through sport, as we all know, is such an incredible vehicle for doing all those things that we've all taken advantage of in our lives with sport. For sure. Uh, Debbie, was there a live stream while you were shooting any of these free throws? Oh yeah. The whole thing is live streamed and, and oh. it's, um, it's, uh, I probably pre-taped 50 interviews before we even get to that day. Uh, I pre-taped interviews with 15 special Olympic athletes all around the country. Uh, those are by far the most inspiring stories, but this year, we did up our um, celebrity list a little bit. Robin Roberts, Coach Krzyzewski. Uh, I always get the South Carolina, Dabo, Dawn, um, you know, Brad Brownell, Amanda Butler, Shane Beamer, the football coach at South Carolina. So um, we have upped our list. Ernie Johnson from TNT and, and Turner. Um, we're, we're doing pretty well in bringing some names. And then um, we had some live, uh, Jim Nance came uh, live in the driveway with me. And, and, you know, so I think uh, at first we live streamed it from the beginning, but I didn't take advantage of the live stream production elements because honestly, I didn't know if I could do it, if anyone would give and who would want to watch me shoot free throws for 24 hours. But we're finding over four years that uh, our audience is growing. The number of donors are growing and it's having an immediate impact on the athlete. So it's not even about the free throws. It is about making a difference in the lives of the Special Olympic athletes that need a little bit more and need some help. And thankfully, through our platform, we've been able to raise a lot of money. I love, I love to hear that. Yeah, it's, it's, so, it's so beautiful. Um, honestly. And so 
thank you for sharing that. Um, and, and if you guys are listening, please, you know, donate. Look to get involved because um, this community needs to be built and it needs to be bigger. Um, Debbie, I'm a huge advocate for giving people their flowers while they are here. And so recently saw that you were inducted into the Women's Basketball Hall of Fame this past summer. Someone that normally emcees that event and now given your flowers and inducted. So first of all, congratulations. Yes, all snaps to yes. you. Um, but what, what did that mean to you to go from one side of, you know, seeing these great people inducted into this and then your name being on the list? Well, I am um, a member of the board uh, for 20, almost 20 years. So I have shared many stories of many greats that have gotten in and it's usually about winning and about numbers and about the best of the best. And I never really thought that would be me. Uh, Robin Roberts and Mimi Griffin are two announcers that are also in as contributors like myself. So I, after 35 years, it certainly is a nice validation. And what's really great is the people that reach out that uh, have been a part of my past that have helped me. We're all there uh, from my junior high and high school days through college, um, you know, through my career and through the years, uh, that's so powerful to me. And I try to think about who was there and who reached out and not the people that maybe didn't that I thought I might have heard from uh, through my journey. Um, and that started, you know, from being a camper at NC State and then, you know, playing basketball for Kay Yao and trying to represent her legacy every day and everything I do. Uh, my time at Kentucky, my time at Ohio State as the director of marketing in both of those um, universities. And then, you know, all my years on the air with so many different producers, directors, play by play, people that have had such an impression on me. And uh, I, I don't know how many play by play people I may have worked with over 35 years. It has got to be um, just absolutely in the it, it, it's got to be over 500. I, I got to believe there has been 500 people in 35 years. Uh, I can't imagine the number being less than that when I start thinking about it. That seems like a lot, but uh, I've done so many different things. And I started in such a, a time when there really weren't any games on television. And there were times where I had to create my own network. So I've done that to be able to stay on the air and to promote our game. And uh, it's all worked out. So I'm very grateful for the path that we've been able to take and, and to be rewarded and, and acknowledged that way. But mostly to celebrate with my family and friends that have been with me from the beginning. Dang. I, I mean, the, the number 500 just like, doesn't sound like real, but <laughs> goodness. I see a long way to go, right? <laughs> a lot of people. Maybe like 10 to 20. <laughs> I mean, and, and doing it at, at multiple levels. Uh, I, I mean, I, I've seen ice and the way she handles research, like up close, like preparing for games and uh, and doing it at the collegiate level, knowing so many players, so much history, it's uh, it seems so daunting. So uh, I don't think, like you're saying, I people get their flowers in this industry too much. So very happy that happened for you. Yeah. Wanna 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 jump to the uh, the WNBA coaching carousel real quick. Mm -hmm. Ice, I mean this this news kind of definitely we haven't touched on it yet. Um, but your guy, Kurt. Crossing the country. Start there. First reactions. I was just like when opportunity knocks, you know, I, I think Kurt had spent, you know, time and Connecticut had built that up um, and had teams that were right on the brim of getting a championship and just couldn't get it done. And I think there's opportunity in L.A. 
um, to build a roster, to work with players that are already there, an opportunity for him to kind of get a fresh start um, and in a different place. And so who doesn't like the sunshine in Cali? Um, and, and I just think that he's going to thrive there. I really do. I think he just maybe needs a fresh start, a fresh roster to work with. And they've got some really good pieces over there already. Um, and so kind of sad seeing him leave Connecticut for sure. Cause he's been a staple for the past seven years, uh, but excited for his opportunity. Um, Debbie, how do you, how do you feel about that move for Kurt? Yeah, he's a great guy. He mm -hmm. has probably maxed it out without a championship at Connecticut. Yeah. Sometimes it's about fit and uh, I'm a big rhythm versus balance. I think sometimes the rhythm just needs to change. And uh, I, I think it's great for him that he landed in another spot. I mean, that is a much different climate to live in and work in and operate out of. And I'm sure he'll be really successful there like he was at Connecticut. Uh, I'm excited for Kurt because personally he's a friend and uh, I, I always pull for my friends, want to see them do well. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what Connecticut comes up with. Do you have any any prospects that you're thinking of um, or in anyone that you could see without your inside knowledge, if you have yeah. that, obviously? Yeah, <laughs> I, nothing that I'm uh, capable of sharing right now or that I think would be, you know, for our purposes today. Uh, I do I do put great confidence in Jennifer Rosati. I think she is one of the true um, icons in our game that has done a little bit of everything. I mean, I not only covered Jennifer as a player at UConn, I covered her in the ABL before the WNBA. I've watched her grow inside USA Basketball. I have 100% confidence that Coach Rosati will do an excellent job in deciding the next direction for Connecticut. I'm thinking, too, um, just seeing the success that Becky Hammond had at this level um, and other prior players becoming coaches, um, you know, coach for the Atlanta Dream, Tanisha Wright, doing a great job building up that program. Do we feel like there is a flow of former players becoming coaches in the W and that's what, you know, the league as a whole should trying to be to try to support. Um, how do you feel about that? Cause I think that it does something very interesting to the league, especially when you have former players who played recently, like a Tanisha Wright. I think uh, everyone runs the same stuff, right? Mm -hmm. So there's not a whole lot of difference between one system versus another. There might be some philosophy uh you know, differences in pace. Uh, but in terms of what everybody runs inside the same concepts, it's about the same. I think what it comes down to is communication at that level. It's the ability to command attention. It's the ability to emphasize two or three things that are really important. You know, players today have all the amenities they need to be great. They have the right resources. They can get in the gym anytime. They have the right medical. They have the right PT, the rest versus recovery. All of it is in place with massages and I mean, all the, re everything they have. And so I think when you get to this level and you take those two things, you have women that are professional athletes and you have style of play. And then you have somebody at the top that can communicate exactly what they need to do at the right time and when, and, and if everyone accepts their role and works to make their role stronger, uh, then I, I see championship caliber formula. So um, that's the way I see it. It's easy for me uh, to say that, but I've been around it so long and I've listened to some of the great leaders and coaches and teachers in our game. And that's what I come away with. It's uh, it's interesting you say that. Cause I mean, like the play, especially, like if you look at Las Vegas down the stretch, it was very simple. 
trust your go-to players and then be ready when you're called on. Yeah. Um, never got flustered. Uh, I mean, it's crazy. And we also just got some breaking news right now. Uh, Chrissy Sides just mm -hmm. been announced the coach of the Indiana Fever. Um, another move. Uh, also, uh, we had recently this last week, uh, Latricia Ch Trammell, I think I'm pronouncing that correctly, mm -hmm. uh, going to Dallas. Latrice Trammell. Yes. Trammell. So, mm -hmm. uh, for people who don't know I me, mean, very defensive minded coach success uh really got a lot out of candace parker back in those la uh days and candace parker speaks very highly of her uh is she the type of leader that dallas needs right now i mean if i may go first i would say i absolutely believe that she's going to do a great job there i think for all the reasons i stated earlier and christy sides i would say the same thing uh you know i was a part of the indiana fever franchise for 18 years calling their tv package which coincided with tamika catchings which also coincided with christy being on the sideline uh alongside pokey uh i i think christy is more than prepared and ready to take on the challenge at Indiana. I feel the same way about Latrice. Uh, I mean, she's been around the game a long time. And, and based on those components that I laid out earlier, they all, all, both of them have a command of what's important and they have the ability to articulate and communicate it. So I'm looking forward to watching them both take on the new challenge and I'm looking forward to watching them. Um, and, you know, I'm always pulling for, I don't root against anybody. I more root for people. Um, and I'm, I'm rooting for both of them. Love yeah, that. I, I think I feel the same way unless I have uh, wagers involved. Um, <laughs> well, I, I, I like, you know, I love the way since you brought it up, I just love the way that changes the entertainment value inside women's sports when we have lines yeah. on the game and we actually can bet on them because people consume the sport in a much different way late in the game when they know they have money on it. And I think that's great for us. And just my little picture, I say it all the time. I'm not surprised about the success that Vegas has had uh, long before Vegas put a franchise in. I advocated for a long time for Vegas for many things in women's basketball, including a franchise in the WNBA. And the next frontier for us is gambling. And that is a really important piece. Now, I will say this because it's true. And I do work on the daily wager show for ESPN. I've never bought a lottery ticket. I don't bet on the games. I'm just the analyst. I'm trying to be the Kirk Herbstreet of women's basketball. That's exactly what I want to do. I want to do what Kirk does in our space. I want to give you the lines, give you two or three reasons why, but on the games that I'm calling, I don't participate in, in betting. That's what Kirk does every Saturday morning. And there's no reason why we shouldn't be doing that on the women's side. Yeah. I mean, Absolutely. Make it available for, for all games. I mean, you could bet on, you know, the, you could bet on each play in college football. Uh, you could bet on so many props in men's college basketball. There's no reason that women's college basketball line should not be available to everybody. Uh, yeah. I can't tell you how many people. Gamble last, responsibly. Right. I can't tell you how many people last season messaged me about the W and betting like, Hey, I see it's LA and Dallas. Where are you feeling like, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I like you, Debbie. I'm like, hey, I'm just the analyst. Like, you know, if, if I was looking at the game, this is where I feel like a certain team has the advantage. But it is, it is a really cool addition added to the women's game, um, both at the college level and the professional level, uh, to bet and to gamble. And so uh, I want to transition now to women's college basketball. Um, I get the privilege of being in the Bahamas for Battle to Atlant for Atlantis oh. and being an analyst for those games. And so 
four teams, I think, in that tournament are top 10, top 20 in the country. Uh, so much depth around women's college basketball right now. Wanted to ask you if you have certain teams that you feel like are going to surprise us across the country this year um, and, and who you're looking to do that. Well, first, let me say this. While you're in Atlantis, I'll be at Baja Mar. I have an event over there called uh, Baja Mar Pink, Pink Flamingo. and We have eight women's college basketball teams that will also be competing that are all uh, very, very good teams as well. Um, nice. Just um, yesterday, I had uh, put together a little formula for one of the, the local writers that covers South Carolina women's basketball. And, and let me tell you, the coverage that South Carolina women get is outstanding in our market. The Post and Courier does a marvelous job, plus a local Columbia State paper. But uh, the columnist asked me, you know, how are you going to beat South Carolina and who are the contenders? So let me just start with that. Number one, I think you have to have these four factors. If you don't have these four things, I don't think you have a chance. Number one, you got to be able to guard Leah Boston in the post one-on-one. -on -one. She's too good to, and she demands a double, but if you bring the double, she can score through it. She can rebound her own miss and the weak side glass is open and South Carolina just kills te teams on the boards. So you have to try to, Stand her up, make her score over you, box her out, and don't give up a weak side glass. If you rotate and have to double, most likely they're going to pound the glass. That's where their physicality and their athleticism is at its best to me, is on the boards. The second thing is you have to be able to handle the toughness of going against their defense for 30 seconds. You know, you've got to be physically tough. Your handle and your fundamentals have to be strong but you just got to be able to handle the mental grind of it. It's not normally going to be a high scoring game. And so you got to be able to manage uh, each possession. The third thing is you got to have experienced guard play. You can't win in college basketball without good guards. We know that. And the fourth is multiple scoring options. South Carolina is going to take away your first option, whoever that may be. And if you have with multiple defenders, they can give you different looks on your best player. They can go big, small, fast, long. They have so many options. You have to be able to get into your second and third options. And if you move the ball and you reverse sides of the floor two or three times, your percentage of scoring goes up against any defense. So those are four things that you have to have. So if you have those four things, and I think there are some teams that do, um, I think Stanford has that. They have size to guard one-on-one -on -one in the post, multiple scores. I think um, – Texas has that, you know, Vic Schaefer has been to five consecutive elite eights, three at Mississippi state playing in a title game and two at Texas. He's way ahead of schedule at Texas. Rory Harmon can take over a game. I think she can handle a lot of those things that I mentioned. Who's his sophomore point guard. Uh, another team I, I really like is um, um, Tennessee. UConn, yeah. Louisville, Iowa. I mean, I could break it down by the four factors and tell you why, but uh, I think those teams right now have some or all of the four factors that I listed. Now, there's other things that you need to be able to have to beat a team like that, but those are fundamentally and conceptually what you have to have on your roster if you're going to have a chance. Couldn't agree with you more. Um, I spoke to both Vic Schaefer at Texas and Kelly Harper at Tennessee. Um, spoke to Coach Kelly this morning and just the depth that she has on that team. She's like, we have 16 on the roster and we can easily play 10 with talent. Um, and, and then I think too, also interest about a lot of those teams is lineups because of their versatility. They can hit you with a really small, quick lineup, like a Vic Schaefer who's going to get down on defense and not let you play 94 feet. 
versus a Tennessee can go extremely large and have almost a jumbo lineup that we talked about and dominate. So um, I think those are some really good picks and, and uh, really excited for college basketball and just the scale with those. Um, and, and going to that, talking about teams now to players, you know, who are a few players that you feel like um, are going to surprise us this season and, and are due for breakout seasons? Maybe not necessarily the Rory Harmons that we know can go at it and be one of the best in the country, but those maybe coming back from injury or just getting into college basketball that we feel like will will put their stardom on the stage. Well, I, I mean, let me start with the ACC because I think it's the most competitive the league has ever been. There's legitimately mm-hmm. five teams, maybe six, uh, maybe five and a half, I would say, that mm-hmm. that can win the ACC regular season and or tournament. I think it's that balanced. Of course, uh, I think Louisville's the, the preseason pick, and my order is, is Louisville, NC State, North Carolina, Virginia Tech and Notre Dame. And a lot of people have Notre Dame higher. The reason why I have them there is because they play the toughest schedule in the ACC. They play all those teams above that that I just mentioned on the road and they got to play Louisville twice. Even if they come out of that at three and three, which would be exceptional because I think those teams are all so good. I don't know if that'd be enough, you know, three losses and maybe another loss somewhere. Um, But I do think that it's going to be really challenging uh, for all those teams to win the, the title. So Elizabeth Kitley was a preseason pick for ACC player of the year. She's six, six. I've been to practice. She's added to her skill set. She's got more counters, more ways to score hook shot. Um, such a good teammate around a core. And of course the portal was good to them as well as Louisville. Uh, mm-hmm. NC state benefited from the portal as well. Uh, North Carolina doesn't have anyone from the portal, but Deja Kelly is a player to keep your eye on. I think they can uh, play her in multiple guard positions and um, combo offense. I think they'll do a really good job. And I think Alyssa Usby is somebody that um, I, a lot of people like um, and I like. And, uh, you know, there's just a couple. I mean, I don't want – I mean, we could be here all day if, if you oh, want to my Rolodex of players of, of who I think could have breakout years. But it depends on how you define it. Like, you know, def- you could define a breakout player as someone that didn't average double figures that you think could average double fig- figures this year. It could be defined as a player that maybe um, has a, a, a improved significantly from last year to this year, or it could be um, a third category. It could be like how how they uh, their team improves. You know, how deep can they go to the NCAA? Can this player, you know, give them a breakout season? So there's a lot of ways you could define it. I love the ACC I, love. You'll never hear a contest with me on that. I love it. <laughs> well, I don't think the ACC always gets enough um, respect, maybe would be the right word. I, I, I don't – I mean, I certainly – I'm a national analyst. I'm covering the entire country. I've been covering the entire country for a long time. Uh, I, I look at um, the personnel and the styles and tendencies and schedule and – you know, at this point in the year, because we're still in November, it's really about who has the least number of question marks or what question marks do teams have and how you can predict whether they will or will not based on schedule. The one thing I do see that I'm really pleased about in our game is that there are more top teams playing each other in the non-conference than ever before. I don't see anyone playing, a, you know, ducking a schedule. You know, Louisville is going to play nine teams in their non-conference that played in the NCAA tournament. That That's tough. I mean, that's that's a tough schedule. Uh, you know, UConn is going to play everyone outside of the Big East because for two reasons. Number one, 
it's a chance to get on ESPN, which ESPN loves it. And so does, you know, women's basketball fans want to see them. They're on a, the Fox package and you can watch them on Fox, but um, that's one reason. The other reason is because you really, it's still, regardless of who's on that roster, I still think Gino's team is a measuring stick for a lot of other teams. You still benchmark your success against some of the things that he's done or, or the way they play. And can you defend their actions? If you can't defend the Princeton offense and certain back cuts and stuff like that, you're going to be in trouble when you play them because they move the ball so well. So there's, there, you know, I mean, I'm jumping ahead, but you get to the NCAA tournament. And it is about matchups and location where you play teams and who you match up with matters. And um, until we get to a point where our game is not regionalized when it comes to the championship, then I, you know, certain teams get advantages. I agree. It, it is cool though. Seeing those like first round games absolutely sell out and we still do see some upsets. We saw what Creighton did at Iowa. I mean, oh, I'm all about first and second round at home site. I think you play okay, on yeah, yeah. that, but the regionals is what I'm oh, talking yeah. about. Yeah. The UConn, uh, the UConn fans definitely showed up in Bridgeport uh, mm-hmm. when we were there recently. I, I love the, just the, the fact that we get to see so many games. Like, uh, I mean, if you don't have ESPN plus, you know, get it. I mean, I feel like I pay for flow sports, everything. Um, just cause I, I'm a hoop head when it comes to this stuff. And I, I, I do gamble a lot, but there's a few teams that I love that I feel like aren't getting the proper recognition. They are ranked, but teams that I cannot wait to watch this year, uh, Utah out of the back 12. I mean, they went from like five and 19 to, 21 games last year uh, ran into a buzzsaw with Texas in the tournament, but returned two all, all Pac-12 freshmen. Uh, Candy McQueen is on on my watch list for Dice It Up Dog of the Year. Oh my gosh, she plays so tough. She's got the sleeves, uh, probably the best shooter in sleeves in the country. Um, they lost uh, Drew Gilton, but she's on another team that I also love, South Dakota State. Yeah. Uh, they are ridiculous returning four starters and then the the guard they lost or replacing with Drew. So they played Creighton, I think, uh, in the first week. So yeah. I'm I cannot wait. Uh we're so close. I gotta get to Houston to see uh the Astros win the World Series tonight, but I'm coming back. I don't care if there's a game seven. I gotta be home. Gotta have well, all monitors up for Monday. That week that week of Thanksgiving, the week before, I have eight teams. Uh, to cover for the Charleston Classic. So I have the bottom part of the men's bracket all the way to the championship. And then I will leave for the Bahamas. And Bahamar, our event there with BD Global is Virginia Tech, Old Miss, Utah, Kentucky, Dayton, Missouri, Bama, and Wake Forest. And then I'll be there for three days. And when that ends on Thanksgiving Day, I'll go to our other event, the Gulf Coast Showcase, which we've had for 10 years. And uh, both of these are flow sport events, just so your listeners know. Baylor, Michigan, Georgia Tech, Villanova, South Florida, Belmont, Air Force, and St. Louis. So uh, we have, you know, Atlantis has a set of teams, eight teams over there that are all good. There's right across the island. There's eight more really good. And then uh, at Gulf Coast Showcase, which is, you know, a a stable and standard event around Thanksgiving time. All the big shots, with the exception of one or two, have been in that event and have played in, in that championship uh, tournament that we have created in the uh, Naples area. 
There, and, and there are a lot of build-out tournaments now from Naples because of that event. There's been other events. There's two more that have been added to the area during that time because it's such a great place, a destination city inside the United States, um, which is a really fun event. So very competitive, good RPI stuff. Good net stuff, I should say, the net. Yeah, yeah. Oh, for gosh. sure. I forget, I forget hearing that like every other day. Um, but I, let's let's jump into it. Uh, let's wrap up here. Our way too early final four picks. Um, I think all of us might have South Carolina, but uh, let's start with you, Ice. Who do you have? Oh, way too early final four picks. Um, I've got South Carolina, Tennessee, Stanford, and Texas. Some way, shape, or form. That that's who I feel like. Um, I, I'm really excited to see Tennessee and Texas. Uh, I, I want Vic Shaper to get past the Elite Eight. Uh, I do. I like their style, uh, and I feel like it's just a matchup nightmare for anybody who comes across it. Um, I don't think UConn is going to have enough, and I think someone's going to be able to beat them in the Elite Eight. Um, and so th those are kind of my picks uh, as of right now. Again, way too early. <laughs> I mean, they are the top four in the country. It's a little shock, but like I, I. I feel it. I mean, that's, it generally yeah. tends to happen. So um, the talent and the depth is there. It's, it's, it's tough. It's going to be tough to beat. Um, I'll jump in. I'll do mine. And then uh -huh. we'll, we'll end with Debbie. We'll save hers for last. It's probably, uh, probably best. I do have South Carolina. I do uh -huh. have Texas. I mean, I love Texas. Um, yeah. Love can't get enough of them this year. Uh, so excited for Shaylee Gonzalez and the dribble drive offensive big shaper has, I think they're, they're going to be excellent. Sonia Morris is there too. Oh, uh, literally love that team. Um, and my next two, I'm just hoping for hot shooting and deep runs. Uh, but they have the talent, they have pieces. Uh, and that would be Notre Dame. I mean, they mm -hmm. were Arena Perez steal away from playing UConn in the yep. Elite Eight. Uh, Olivia Miles going to take a big step forward. Sonia Citron, I mean, like, just a lot of talent there. And then uh, Ohio State. Lost to Texas last year, too. Um, best shooter in the country, Taylor Mikesell. Like, I, I love the freshman they brought in. Uh, they I know they had a guard who was out for a year. I'm blanking on her name. Last name, Green. Uh, yes. Uh, excited to see her back. And, uh, of course, J.C. Sheldon. Great human. Plays so much grit. Also on my watch list for Dice It Up Dog of the Year. Um, <laughs> but, uh, oh, yeah, Debbie, we're, we're going to give out an award each week to, to a player who uh, exemplifies grit or does something hilariously awesome on the court. For example, Rory Harmon uh, dove over the, the front row, retrieved the fan's phone, and gave it back to her. Like Stuff like that we love. And we're going to start doing that. <laughs> we're going to make a shirt, send it out. Uh, it's going to be great. Um Dano so has a thing with too. making shirts. He has a I thing do. with making shirts. I think I I like he gets a new shirt made of a new meme like every two weeks. <laughs> I know. And my wife's making me get rid of a lot. We don't have a lot of space here in New York. Um, Levy, what are your picks for the final four? Well, I'm going to give you eight because oh. I think it comes down to matchups. I, I really believe that strongly and trying to advance because I think there's eight really good teams. Uh, I think there's actually more than eight. And mm -hmm. Seeding and matchups, I cannot stress it enough how imperative it is. Somebody is going to have to go to Greenville and have to beat South Carolina against the house. 
we see what happens in Connecticut. They've had Connecticut or Albany and in, in, in uh, Bridgeport or Albany as a regional for how many countless years where you're going against the house. It's really tough in that environment. So the teams that you mentioned, um, I, I like all of those teams. I think uh, the teams that I'm going to say right now are South Carolina, Stanford, Texas, Iowa, Tennessee, UConn, Louisville. And then the eighth team is going to be somebody out of the ACC. I think the ACC is that strong. You mentioned Notre Dame. I have them fifth preseason because of their ACC schedule. That does not preclude them from making a deep run in March. I think that league is going to prepare them for everything that they're going to need to see. Uh, and so um, I love the backcourt of Ohio State. I still think you have to beat Maryland and Iowa. And I think uh, the thing about the ACC is it prepares you for every style and pace. Yeah. And uh, I would not discount Iowa State and their ability to get in the right matchup and have enough tools. I'm anxious to see the player they got from NAIA that transferred that's a 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, uh, post player that has an incredible skill set around the bucket. That could be the missing piece for them. They've been close. They've been to an Elite Eight before. I wouldn't count Bill Finley out. Um, and then, you know, NC State has made a step every year with Wes, every year. And last year they were overtime on the road in Bridgeport, playing against Connecticut, a chance to go to the Final Four. They just missed it, right? They made a couple mistakes. Otherwise, they believe they should have won the game if they had not made those mistakes when they made them. Um, so there's so much good that the product is the narrative. I will continue to preach that all season long. If you want to make a t-shirt, Dano, put the product is the narrative on it mm -hmm. because that or shoot till your arm falls off or the three W's of good point guard play. Those are things that I say and I look for because I think they're, they're not so that I can get a saying out. It's to define the skill set of a player and to sell our game in a different way. And to, it's all about the players and the teams and the coaches and you know, I, that's why I love it so much is because I've been able to have this long career because I get to, you know, watch Ice grow up inside the game and get a chance to do what she loves to do. And, you know, you're you're somebody that you're not an outsider. You're on the inside now, Dano. You know, you care about what's happening on the women's side. So, you know, the, those those people matter. And, you know, I'm challenging you all to continue to work, to put your best foot forward, to not show up and just wing it. But dig, find something else. Look for something no one else has. You know, look for a nugget. Find something that really projects our game forward. And if people listening will think about that and share it with a friend, then we'll get more people to follow our game. I love that. I love that. Debbie, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, where can we watch you and I's first call game? I see you starting in the Bahamas. Or are you doing anything before that? I've got a uh, Manhattan women's basketball um, as a sideline for this, but I tell you what, the biggest game that I'm going to have coming up is Notre Dame and Cal in the city Shamrock classic. It will be the first ever women's college basketball game on NBC. Uh, I get to call that with my dear friend, uh, Zora Stevenson and then LaChina Robinson, my mentor. It will literally be a dream for me to work with them and call a game. Um, and again, first ever women's college basketball game on NBC. So that's next Saturday. I'm excited for it. I'm excited to see Notre Dame and the Ivy and what they can do, uh, as well as Cal uh, and Sharman Smith. So, um, yeah, it's here. It's the best time of the year. I can't wait. 
I'll make sure to get a picture of Ollie in front of the TV uh, <laughs> sitting right by you. Love it. And, and Debbie, where are you starting off? Uh, I will be at the University of Louisville on Monday on opening night, and um, they're playing the University of Cincinnati. Michelle Clark Hurd is a longtime friend of mine and former staffer of Jeff Walls. And, uh, you know, Jeff has been to four straight Elite Eights. He's been to four Final Fours, including last year. They have a team that they took advantage of the portal. And, you know, when you go to the Final Four and have the kind of success that programs like that have, and we've mentioned a lot of them today already, uh, it, it matters because you that experience is invaluable when you get to the, the absolutely crunch time execution of having to make a play. It's really important. And that's how close the season's going to be this year. It could come down to the last play. I, I couldn't be more excited. Uh, be sure to follow her hoop stats everywhere. Follow all of us. Uh, we'll be posting like crazy and stay tuned from spread the floor. Uh, we're going to be coming launching soon with the, uh, with the full package. We'll get the model, everything. It's going to be great. Uh, Debbie, thank you again for coming on. Thank you guys for inviting me. Uh, I'm always available to talk hoops anytime you want. Um, Ice, good luck with your stuff coming up. And Dano, I know I'll see you again. Absolutely. Yeah, too, Debbie. Thank you for that.